You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coachman, Michael David Huey. Welcome to another session of the Heat Fluence Podcast. I love doing these things all the time, but there's just, I usually get on about five to 10 minutes early and I pray. And today was perfect because I gave my guest a little bit more time to jump in, get settled. We're busy. And, you know, as I've read through Dr. Lanise's website, some of her videos, we get to be in an online Bible study in the morning with Dr. Francine and Norman. We have a lot of really close connections with people. She's in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. She's coached sports. And I kind of condensed her bio because there was just so much stuff. Like, it really encouraged me. I feel like I know her better today than I did yesterday. And I told her before we jumped on that I really just selfishly do these so that my wife and I can get to know people better, right? Like, when, when our editor edits these, she gives them to us, and then... On Sundays, she sends them to us and she gives us stuff to send to the person, little preludes. And then we listen to it on the way to church. And Lisa's like, I can't wait to get to hear these, right? Like, because there's no way you can do an interaction where you invite the King of Kings in to really just allow us to connect, allow us to get to know each other better, but allow for other people who listen to this to really see the connection and the importance of building relationships. I believe relationship currency in the kingdom is the best thing that we can have, starting with our relationship with Jesus and then the relationship with our spouses. When I see Dr. Lanise talk about her King Chris, I talk about my King Lisa, right? Like we just know that the Bible says two are better than one, right? When one falls down, there's pity the person who falls and has no one to pick him up. And I have a picture of Lisa and I here, and I'm just grateful that she's always there to pick me up, right? And I was listening to a friend of mine sent me a video today. And I think every day is a day that we have breakthroughs, Dr. Lenise. I think every day when we're really hungering and thirsting after the things of God, I really began at my age, and a lot of people never guessed this, when I did this little blog for about a thousand people, and I asked them how old they thought I was and how much they thought I weighed, because I really just wanted to use it to show other people that You can excel in every area of your life as you get older. There's nowhere in the Bible does it talk about retirement. And for me, turning 55 next month, the average age that I got was 42. So I'm about 12 to 13 years younger. And I actually feel that way, right? And so I think that we're constantly learning. And I've been in this season, Dr. Lee, where I really have stepped into my calling as a husband. I've stepped into my calling in ministry. It's always been in the marketplace, But when I got ordained in 2020 by my spiritual father, Dr. Randall Langley, who's the president of one of the largest schools in the world, he just said, it's your time. It's your time to step into ministry. It's your time to step into deeper relationships with people. And so my guest today, Dr. Lanise, I just listened to a couple of episodes on the prophetic network. I really love it. I'm going to try to get on on Wednesdays and and listen and watch because I have Roku. Yes. Thank you, Jesus right? And she's an author. Another thing that I really love this, she is actually an author, a speaker. She's a John Maxwell coach, which I grew up, Dr. Lanise, in Dr. John C. Maxwell's church when he was 23 years old in Lancaster, Ohio, where I grew up from. And I always knew I, I knew him. I always get goosebumps when I talk about the story. 
And he was the pastor of a church in my hometown of Lancaster, Ohio, when he was 23 years old. And I started to have all these flashbacks because I suppressed a lot of my childhood because I lived in a home of an alcoholic father. But when John was in one of his masterminds, which I was in a couple years ago, he started talking about how he started a bus ministry in a small town in Lancaster, Ohio. And he talked about a guy who came to his office every day to serve him, and it was my neighbor. And so all these emotions started rushing back, and he showed a picture of a blue bus that used to drive by my house. And at five to eight years old, I would walk out and get on that bus and go to church. And so I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that people get to hear from you. I'm grateful that I get to connect with you in a deeper way. You know, she's been a coach for many years. She's a teacher. As I said, she's an author, but most of all, her passion is to lead people to Jesus and lead people into a growing way. She she's, has an apostolic ordination. She has a prophetic anointing and an apostolic anointing, which I've kind of finally leaned into my apostolic appointment. And I think it's going to be awesome that we get to hear from her. So Dr. Lanise, welcome to the Heatfluence podcast. I'm super excited to hear from you today. Well, Pastor Huey, I'm so honored to be here. And once again, I honor you and I honor your Queen Lisa. So Queen Lisa, when you do hear this, bless you, woman of God. I look forward to meeting you. Your husband's phenomenal. I had the honor to a few days a week to be with him in terms of a, a big team of people on Apostle Francina Norman's clubhouse. And we just enjoy each other. I enjoy most importantly about your husband is the way he talks about you. I just think that is just mind blowing. Nothing brings women, especially married women, more joy than hear a man that is excited about his wife. So he speaks really highly of you. And I love that. And I honor and respect him even more because of that. And so I do appreciate you, Pastor Mike. And thank you for having me here today. I'm just going to follow your lead. And yeah, that's that's good. No, that's I honor you that you said that because it's important that we understand the sanctity of marriage, like the unity of marriage. Dr. Lenise, before you share your story, I was meditating on Proverbs this last couple of weeks, and I really got my fire back. The motto of my church is leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And, you know, anybody can say a prayer and ask Jesus, but it's the intimacy of knowing him and serving him, right? And in Proverbs, it says, you know, if you have any good thing in your hand, don't tell your brother to come back tomorrow and share it with them. Share it with them today, right? Share that with them today. And you mentioned about being in Dr. Francina's room. You know, I really took a lot of honor in being able to do that because, I mean, there's a thousand people in that room, like, and there's like 10 of us that are on stage being able to share and learn and grow. And, and you know, Apostle Francina and Pastor Wisdom live not far from her here. I try to go to their church at least once a month. You know, just to hear, if you've ever heard Pastor Michael speak, he's one of the most wise men I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I kind of build him up there with my spiritual father, Dr. Randall Langley. They're very humble, wise men who are slow to speak, you know, and quick to listen, right? And I think that that's super important. So, Dr. Lenise, tell us a little bit about who you are, like how you've got to this place of where you are in ministry and where you are in teaching and serving, because I feel like you have a big story. I feel like people need to kind of know deeper rather than just a couple little things that I tell them, like, you know, where you're from, how you've got to where you are now, and, you know, kind of what some things are that you're going to be, you know, focused on in the coming years, because 
I want to speak this over you before you share this, because I believe it's super important. It wasn't just a word for me. And I believe it was a word for people that I get to connect with. And I get to partner with. And it's Haggai chapter two and verse nine. And it says the latter days of my home, Dr. Lisa's home, Lisa's yeah. home will be greater than the former days of our home. And I believe that we are stepping into that season of that. So I just bless you and Chris with that. So tell me a little bit about yourself and so that people can get to know you better. Absolutely. Once again, it's just such an honor. You know, it's so many places I could start, but, you know, just on the surface, I'm born and raised from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so, um, yes, go Steelers. Are you, are you a Steelers fan? Extremely Steelers fans. As a matter of fact, I, today, I, know I have not met one person from Pittsburgh that's not a Steelers fan. Yeah, that's a violation. If you're from Pittsburgh, yeah, you got, that's a violation. Yeah, that's that's a yellow flag. You got to throw the the exactly, exactly. As a matter of fact, I got on my black and gold. I didn't plan on this, but this is what I have on. And it was funny when I was getting dressed today. I said, "Oh, I got on Pittsburgh colors," and so I got more excited about this shirt and my little black. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's funny you brought up Dr. Maxwell. My friend Brian Hess is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And he rented out a at the at the stadium last football season and had Dr. Maxwell as his guest speaker for one of the Steelers games. And yeah, tremendous respect for Dr. Maxwell. Just had an awesome opportunity to be in his training and be able to be trained and certificate under his program. So I, I respect him highly and all his materials um, I used in undergrad when I taught sport management courses. And um, a lot of my students had never heard of him before but a lot of them still use their, his materials. But moving on, yes, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm born right in a city in the area, was raised between an area called Larmer Avenue. They call it East Liberty. They changed the name to like Shady Side and now, but it was between East Liberty and Homewood. So I lived half my life in East Liberty where I was born and raised and to have my life in Homewood. And so my mom and my grandma raised me. My dad and mom, they never married. Um, but they were in relationship until I was up to about seven years old. And so um, very good workers. My mom worked in the post office and then she worked at H.J. Hyens right there where, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, we we make the catch up, you know. And so she worked in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hines and Field, baby, Hines Field. One of, Dr. Lise, one of my clients was the vice that I had for 10 years in my brick and mortar fitness business was the president of the Heinz Corporation. Wow, wow, wow. That's tremendous. And so anyway, my dad was a meat cutter. He worked at a very famous and still famous. It's actually here in Ohio too, Giant Eagles. He worked at Giant Eagles and the meat cutting department for over 20 years And my mom and Heinz ketchup area. But unfortunately they got on drugs really bad. You know, in the seventies is live free, do whatever you want to do. So it started out as social things, but then it became an addiction for them. So unfortunately I had to move in with my grandmother. So my grandmother took care of me most of my life, half of my life, half and half, because mom and uh, grandma didn't live too far from each other. And so, you know, I'm just one of those kids that came from inner city. And what happened for me, I was very athletic. I didn't understand. I have a really funny story when the first time I was really more into arts. I was into dancing, modern dance and ballet. My mom had me in all of those types of things. But as I got older, that athleticism, it turned more into sports. And so I began to do more things. You know, sport, dance is a sport, but I, just because I was tall, you know, automatically I inherited being a basketball player, right? <laughs> and it's funny because I was actually better at track and field than I was at basketball, all right? But basketball got me the scholarship. 
And so I did basketball. I played basketball at a small school for two years, Slippery Rock University. Then I transferred and I went to Norfolk State. Unfortunately, I tore my ACL. And um, so my basketball career was kind of over, right? And I never really recovered from that because I ended up having to have another surgery. But I began to fall in love with the game. And I said, well, hey, if I'm going to be over here, I, I start coaching intramurals. My intramurals team was like undefeated. And then after I um, got my degree as a health and physical education teacher, I stayed in the Norfolk, Virginia area, and I taught and coached and basketball in middle school and then in high school. And then I had some success with the middle school program. We won a couple of championships, especially in track and field. And so they gave me a call and the head principal at the high school and um, called me and said, hey, I'm going to talk to your principal. I would like for you to come to the high school and help our kids out. And so that's what I did. It's so funny. I went over there thinking I was going to coach girls basketball, but they actually had me assistant coaching the boys basketball team, <laughs> the varsity. And then I was head coach with the JV. And interesting enough, I just left Virginia Beach. I just met up with a couple of my athletes because some, you know, I have girls on there I coach. Kiva Smalls has played professional overseas for Finland, France, and I think Greece. Right. Then another young guy, real short young guy. And we used to call him his nickname. Well, they the kids gave him a nickname, Chocolate. And he was a, a little short Caucasian little guy but they called him chocolate. I don't know why they did, but they called him chocolate. And so, you know, kids make up names. I just the met answer them. all the names they give all people, right? Allen Iverson, they called him. Exactly. The, yep. you know, exactly. Yeah. I just met up with chocolate. He's married now, beautiful wife, two kids. And I met up with Kiva. She's married with three kids and a, a wonderful husband. So I was listening to them talk and they said, you know, coach, if you wouldn't have kept me out of a lot of trouble, because a lot of kids were after basketball practice, they just wouldn't go home, coach. Uh, they wouldn't go home. Okay. And they was just hanging out around me. And I was like, I need to go home. I was single then, but I wanted to go home. And so it was really nice to hear their stories, but I'm connecting the dots with this. After I graduated, I stayed in that area. I coached, taught, and then an opportunity came about for me to go to, to coach. And my basketball coach at Norfolk State at the time, Coach James Sweat, he gave me a call. He said, listen, he said, there is a coaching job available at Florida and now. I think you should take it. It's a graduate assistant job. I know you want to get your master's. He said, you'll get a free master's. Not going to make a lot of money, but at least you'll have free schooling. I said, coach, I'm all in. You know, I'm, I'm all in. And so I interviewed and I didn't know if I got the job when I got off the phone the coach never offered me the job. So I called her back. I was like, hey, did I get the job? She said, oh yeah, I meant to tell you. She said, you got the job when coach called me and told me to give you the job. I said, oh, okay. And she said, he told me, you know, your character, how respectful and honorable you were. He said, so you're the type of person I want on my team. So I coached at Florida, Florida and I got my master's degree. And then, you know, went on and coached at a couple more universities. And then from there, I knew coaching because I wanted to be married. It was hard to date long distance all the time, the traveling. I mean, you're familiar. You get off the bus. It's nonstop. College basketball never stops. Even when you're, you're around. Yep. It's just nonstop. Summer leagues, all that. Summer league, AAU. AAU. Yeah. So it was just nonstop. And I just decided, I said, you know, I don't know if this is for me because I didn't feel like I have a life. I enjoy the relational part, as you mentioned earlier. But I felt like I didn't have a life, like my life was just all engulfed. And I see how people begin to worship the sport and my passion began to change. So one of the things the Holy Spirit told me to do, he said, write your way out of this. I said, what do you mean? He said, write a book. And so my first book I wrote was called Coach, There is Hope, Avoiding Stress and Burnout from the Things You Can't Control. And it's over on Amazon. Ooh. So I wrote my way out of it. 
And I, I can't believe it because when I wrote my way out of it, it took that passion off out of me. Mm. So it's called Coach Dearest Hope. It's on Amazon. You just type that in. It's under my main name, Lenise Rosemont. And so I wrote and I was like, okay, Lord. And so from there, I was talking to my spiritual mom and I said, well, you know, I don't know what it is going on with me, but I just think I need to get out of this. I have no life. It's all around the clock. I said, I'm constantly not feeling good because I'm, I'm not getting no sleep. I'm not eating right. I'm not taking care of myself. My weight is up and down. This is just not for me. This is unhealthy for my physical health as well. I said, you know, I'm thinking I might need to go back in the classroom. She said, I really believe that's the Lord, Lenise. I believe God is telling you. She said, because I hear that in my spirit. I said, all right. So the school I was coaching at, at the time, University of Tennessee, Martin, I always taught. Most coaches at the college level, they don't want to teach. But I wanted to teach and they thought I was strange, like you're a coach that wants to teach and they work with my schedule. So I taught their sport management courses and I got a phone call from the department chair. She said, Lenny, your, your teacher evaluation, student evaluations are very high. She said, I don't know what you're doing in your classroom, but your kids are really learning based on what they're saying and they're really enjoying your the anointing teaching. of God. The anointing yeah, of God. yeah. And so she said, if you ever think about getting out of coaching, I need you to give me a call. He said, because there is a job available. So I looked at the job and I was like, oh my God, they're, I mean, how am I going to eat if it's to take this type of salary? But the <laughs> Lord gave me a wisdom <laughs> and uh, gave me some wise counselors. And they was like, look, you know, you got to see it's more bigger than salary. You're getting a free doctor degree. You know what I mean? You got full health insurance. You got four ones. That's 20, 30,000 right there, right? That's an extra 30,000 right there. Yep. And I added that on the top of the salary. I said, okay, now I can see the salary. So I took it. I went to Tennessee Tech University. I worked there from 2007 all the way full time into 2018. I stayed there. I was full tenure, one year from full professor. I started, I worked my way up. I stayed four years and then I became a You're not that old. Stop lying to us, Dr. No, nah, I'm just 50 years old. Yeah, yeah so, see, she looks like she, she looks like she's 30, so she's lying. So, hey, you, I take, you know, as, as a woman of God, you know where liars go. Come on. <laughs> I take the compliment. You know, I just had a 50th birthday party and a big, big I, I turned 55. I told you I turned 55. That's awesome, man. Month, That's so, awesome. Yeah. You look like a kid, so... Hey, I received that. My, one of my neighbors just said the same thing. And I told her as more mature age woman. And she said, you're still a little baby. And I said, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I can remember in my twenties and thirties. Oh, it used to bother me when people say you're still a little kid. Let me tell you something. I'm like, I will be the baby. I have no problem with it now. I'm 50. <laughs> but anyway, to make a long story short, I stayed there, did exceptionally well. God bless me. I went all the way up the ranks. I started off as just an instructor until I got my doctorate after four years. And, and I graduated in 2012 with my doctorate. And then from there, I was able to go up to the ranks. And by 2018, I was one year from full professor, fully tenured assistant associate professor, then one more year from full. My dad got extremely ill. And the Holy Spirit showed me at Christmas of, in 2016, I think, yeah, 2016 or 17, one or the other. He told me, he said, come back home. It was 2016. He said, you need to come back home. And I said, wow. And the Lord dealt with me, he said, give it up. He said, just give it up. And I'm like, I'm one year from full professor. I worked my behind off. I just got promoted. The provost office had me working in leadership development, training, you know, working with people that wanted to get into this program. There's over 400 
faculty members at this university. So I was over three different leadership initiatives. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm doing, I'm teaching my undergraduate classes. I helped develop the first online sports management master's program that was the only one in the, in the state and the Tennessee border region at the time. I'm with the provost office. I'm the president of the Tennessee Association of Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. I'm traveling. I'm preaching a gospel. It just was like at a good place. In what didn't you do, Dr. Lanise? What I'm didn't trying you to tell do? You. Doing publications, I was rolling, man, traveling, speaking at all these major conferences, and not just Christian ones, but uh, mainly, you know, the ones in my vocation. And the Lord said, give it up. And so I did. I laid it down and I came back home and took care of my daddy. And I did for like a, what my dad passed. You I went back it. to... To, to Pittsburgh? Well, so I'm from Pittsburgh, but my dad wanted to move in Cleveland because one of his closest sisters, one of my aunts lived here. He wanted to be closer to his closest sister. So 2018, you went back to Cleveland? Yes. Actually, 2017, I went back to Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so when I came back, I came back here and I went to Pittsburgh, got my dad, packed him up, moved here, found me a nice little spot. And took care of my father till he went to be with the Lord in August of 2019. One of the greatest investments that I ever made and one of the greatest sacrifices was giving up my over $100,000 salary, giving up everything that I owe down in Tennessee to come back and be with my dad. I would do it over and over again because- Good for you. When did you meet Chris? I met Chris immediately. I'm, I'm getting to that because okay. after that- I knew the king was coming to- the king was coming. The king is coming. It's coming. It's coming. You can't hey, listen to this. You can't be in Cleveland without Cleveland without the king. Come on, somebody. LeBron James. Oh, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and so anyway, my dad passed. It was August the 5th of 2019. And Chris had heard about Chris and I were friends. We weren't, we didn't talk on the phone a whole lot. But I had ministered at his church a couple times. And so he remembered me and um, we became good friends. And as a matter of fact, my other spiritual father, whenever I got ready to move to come down and help my father, Chris came with him to help me move. So we became good friends then. And I knew of him, you know, a little bit. We would chat on the phone here and there. And when my dad passed, Chris said, hey, I'm coming up to come to the funeral. But because of the dates and the time, it worked out better for him to come at a later date. And so he said, hey, do you mind if I just maybe come in another month or so or a couple months, come see you when things calm down? I said, sure. He's like, you know, I'll find me a, a hotel, come hang out. We'll just have a great weekend. I'll come to your church because he loves my apostle. And so he was like, I'll come sit up under your apostle. I said, wonderful. Well, about maybe a week and a half went past and I will never forget it. I was knocked out and my phone dinged. And it was like maybe seven o'clock in the evening. I had dozed off and it was Chris. And all he did was send me Delta airport pass. <laughs> and it showed me his departure and his arrival. And I was cracking up. And so Chris just looked, he took it by force, man. He just won my heart by force. And he came oh, down and we had the time. A friend of mine's got married. We went to a wedding that weekend. We went to Cedar Point. We did so many wonderful things together in like three days, I think three and a half days. And it happened to be his birthday, August the 19th. My dad had passed on the 15th. So I'm like, I'm telling you, it was just like, I feel like what the Lord did, like Chris was a part of my inheritance, you know, of what mm. I did. Because mm. I waited on God. You got to remember, Pastor Rudy, I was 46 uh, Come on. Married. I kept myself for 20 years. You know, I lived a holy, acceptable life and pure life. 
And um, I just believe that Chris was part of my inheritance. So that's how my husband and I, we became good friends. And when he came down, we just connected. We laughed so hard. We, oh my God, fell in love with his sense of humor because I and laughed. You were in your forties when you met Chris. I married him at 46. So yeah. I got married at 40. Dude. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, so you see. Never too late. Never too late. So you married in 2021 or 2020? No, 2020. Yep. We got married. Okay. This is yep. Three years made this year, February 1 of 2020. All right. Yeah. So who wins in a one-on-one -on -one game? On a one-on-one -on -one game, I win because I mean, look here. I'm Miss Look Sassy. here. Look, come I, I on. Win. Listen. But let me let me be real clear. Okay. My husband play football for the University of Florida. He's a Gator. He's four years. He played as center. My husband is huge and strong, man. And I mean, he's a strong, strong. So if he put bring me down on the post, I'm in trouble because it's strength. There's nothing I could do. But on the outside, I got him. I got him. You hear what I'm saying? You, you make it, you're just taking him, <laughs> taking him off the dribble, right? You're taking, not backing <laughs> him down in, but just taking him off the dribble. <laughs> yeah, All so right. he, we're both, we love sports. We got married and we we looked at ourselves like, what are we doing? We trying to get back back in shape because they say that this is the marriage pounds and we're like, uh-uh, we're not used to like having a couple little extra weight on. We're oh, yeah. And so anyway. This, um, this, that's why I keep this picture here because this was- Yes, a I reminder. Got married, when I first got married, this was 240 pounds. And I was like, no, I'm never- No. no. First got married- we started going out to eat and we started eating more and eating more. So no, I get it. I get we it. We got married during the pandemic. We literally got married Ooh. February and then the pandemic got announced March of 2020. So we was like married during pandemic. So we just at the house, but my husband- Good time to be married though. I'm just saying. It was, it really was. So God knew what he was doing, but yeah. So we yeah. just been going forth. What are you doing now? What are you and Chris doing now? Let's hear what y'all yeah. got going on now. Yeah, Chris and I are very, very busy. That's why a lot of times you don't see me all that much on the prophetic intercession because technically- we have a virtual church. We're eventually going to start a local church. We're very busy in the process of that now. Before I got married, I had a network of women that I worked with. And one was from Carousel, one from the Netherlands, was training them in the prophetic. And then I had some other ladies here in the States. And so I had a woman's network and it just began to grow during the pandemic. A lot of people got displaced and they're like, apostle, like, we want to get more information. We want to learn more. But I told him, I said, listen, you know, I'll have to pray about this. And so I prayed, I talked to my wise counsel and I said, listen, you know, I don't like forsaking a fellowship. I think we should all be in church. But it was like, well, listen, if they don't come to you. They're going to go to somebody virtually right now. So you might as well just start it. So I did. And this really grew. Okay. We got women from all over the world. Now we got men finally that came in as well. And so we're up into almost, well, I was doing this before I got married, but now we're at about four years now, two, three years strong virtual church and people are just growing, gleaming. I can't explain it. I just did a huge conference. We do training tonight. We're doing training as well. That's what we were working on. We've had people. Now are y'all working outside of ministry or is everything centered towards ministry now? Tell me about that. Both, yeah. Well, for me, I'm full-time ministry. My husband is a middle school math and science teacher. So he's still All teaching. right. So Chris knows the numbers. Chris has got the number. Come on, Chris. Game, number game. So he's very Come busy. On. Yeah. And, you know, me, I used to teach middle school, high school, college. So we're educators. That's what we do. We study a lot in this house. We're, we just, it's all about education for us as well and loving God. 
But anyway, that's kind of what we're doing. So we have our virtual church. We're still committed to our local church under our apostle, Chief Apostle Joseph Prude and Sandra Prude. So our days are full. We pastor virtually from 10 a.m. So 11.30, we jump in our cars. We drive an hour down to Cleveland because we live outside of Cleveland. We drive an hour down to church. We sit in a church from 12.30 to about 3.30. We serve, we do whatever is necessary. Anything they do, conferences, leadership training, we're operating as if we still go there until we get ready to get our church up off. We're submitting under our apostles. Leadership. Under a covering. Yeah, that's great. I, I respect, and you know, I respect that, Dr. Linnaeus. That's yeah. why I met with my pastor today, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a busy time. Heck, he even said, I want to give you money every month. So I was like, let's go, yeah, right? That's what you're talking so, about, man. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Let's dive into a couple of things. I wrote down a Holy Spirit, gave me a couple of things to ask you. So, all right, so I got it down. So no backing Chris down in, just taking him off the dribble, shooting over <laughs> <laughs> all right so definitely not taking him on the football court on the football no, i'm not full i'm not full yeah, yeah not 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 doing that so <laughs> what has the effect because you didn't even know this but my degree is in sports management with master's degree in exercise science and sports nutrition that's you, amazing and this is funny how god brings these people in it's just amazing how yeah. we have yeah. so much things in common what has the effect of coaching meant on your ministry? How has that transitioned you? Because I said this to Dr. Lanise before we got on with taking a new position with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I kind of felt like a disconnect with people in general, like, like, and I believe I said this earlier, you know, relationship currency is I believe it's best for us. We can't be friends with everything, everybody, right? Like Jesus had 12, but he had three that kind of Mm -hmm. into him and really kept them in close. You know, everybody wants to be on everybody's clubhouse thing. And, and I can't do that. Other people can't, but I can't, you can't, we can't. So what is the effect of being a coach had now on your effects of ministry? And how has that blended in and allowed you to be deeper and stronger and more effective in ministry? That's a great question, Coach Huey. That's a great question. I like that. Honestly, in sports and coaching, you're always building teams. This is where mm. athletic works come in. You're a builder. You're building people. You're building teams. You're building character. You're building ethics. You're building teamwork. You know, so you're always building. You're trying to build a winning mentality. All right. Because a lot of times athletes, they come sometimes with a mentality of losing. So it's not just always losing game, but then you go into further into life because sometimes you win them all and sometimes you lose a lot. And sometimes you win a lot. Sometimes you win a lot and you lose a lot. Sometimes it's 50 50. And so, but the most important thing, the reason why this helps me a lot is because there's such a huge quick connect for me. It is because I'm building people and this is apostolic work. And I'm building people to be bigger than just sports. See, a lot of coaches just pump sports, sports, sports. I know you probably have saw this. I didn't really fit in coaching for too long because my passion was more into building the athlete. You know, yes. building yes. on sport. And so people kind of clash with me on that because I feel like, listen, what I've saw in my own personal life and coaching, kids who are real successful in a classroom, it's easier for them to be successful on the court. But sometimes you'll see kids that maybe are troublesome, they got problems, different things. And sometimes they be your best athletes too. But what does it matter for you to be the greatest athlete and you can't play for me because you're ineligible? So I've always drilled, you know, my, I think they were APAs, the academic progress rate. My APAs were always 100% on any team that I coach. I pushed that. A lot of my athletes, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they played overseas. I don't have any 
athlete that was is unsuccessful at this point. Everybody's doing I something. Love that. And so to me, that is the greatest correlation in ministry because it's pastors, apostles, preachers, teachers, fivefold leaders. We're trying to build people. So that mm. was my motto, build people on the court when in the sports and build people in ministry to be able to go out in life. So that's my correlation. That's where it came easy for me. Not saying that ministry is easy because true ministry, truthfully, ministry is not easy because some days people are like you, some days people don't. You got to deal with the affliction, the internal afflictions that go with ministry, the highs and lows of people and being able to still love them even when you know they don't love you. You know what I mean? And so I think it's like, oh, yeah. it's really one of those things. And it's the same on a court. Some days you got your athletes. It's just like so crazy about you. You know what I mean? But if you sit them on the bench and they think they should be playing before other person, you'll get to see what you're really dealing with. So the connection for me was about building lives. And so the connected ministry on the court, I was building their lives to get them ready for basketball, get them ready on the court for basketball, but get them ready for life. That's going to be long, but then longer than basketball. And in ministry, I'm getting them ready for life. I'm teaching them tools, how to bounce back. Come on, somebody, how to make them. It's a good pass. A team yeah. Pass, you know what I mean? How to rebound from life's obstacles. You see what I'm saying? How yeah. to still do the free throw. When God give you a free throw and give you grace and mercy, he say, I'm still going to give you a redo. Come on. Throw, gives you a redo. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So all of that correlates into it. So that's what I love about it. That's the thing that makes it, I'm not saying it makes it easier for me because I'm still human. I still hurt, but it does. It connects so easily. And I think that's why you and I can be in a big group and we can all minister and flow and support one another, encourage one another. You and I may be a little easier to be a team player because we come with the team mentality. That's what we've been trained to do is exercise, science, physical education, health people, sport management people. It's about team, team, team and leadership. I hope That's that so good. You know, Dr. Lisa, you said this. This is so awesome. How we always have this flow and connection, right? Like I told you that when we first met, I was looking something up to share with you, but I had 24 students at my, I had 235 people at my wedding and wow. I four former athletes that I trained that were at my wedding. We had two tables of 12. Many of them were married. Some of them were CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, business owners, coaches, wanted coaching college, was going into coaching in professional ranks. Like, you know, being as successful as I was in a brick and mortar business, it wasn't as hard to walk away because I knew that this day that's happening now was eventually coming where we kind of go through. And I, I wrote this post, a long-term post today. And I went back to where it says a prophet. And then I put, Dr. Lenise, I put in parentheses, my wife laughed when I did this. I always run everything by her. <laughs> a nutritionist, a minister, a coach is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, right? Among his relatives, among his family, even his church, right? Like <laughs> we have to understand that, right? We have to understand rejection. We have to understand that a parent yelling in your ear, like, you know, one of my good friends, him and his wife are basketball coaches and she leads worship at our church and they're going to be helping me with FCA. And one of the things that I'm excited about them is because when you have a calling on your life, when God has called you to something, those, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You know, yeah. started to to learn that as I got to know them better is that they're they're where they're at because that's where God planted them. But yeah. their heart is five steps ahead. It's it's on the next thing that's coming, right? It's on what God is doing because let's be honest, none of us are promised tomorrow, right? 
we got to focus where we are today. So let's land with this. Let's land with this. So tell me what some things that you're excited about and what you see where you're going in these next months and years and, and what God's really placed in your belly. Because there's going to be people listening to this that really need to hear about what you say. Maybe they've, you know, maybe they've been a coach. Maybe they're in ministry now. Maybe they're a newlywed like you basically really still are because, you know, first three to five years, you still, and especially you didn't get to go and do a whole lot when you first got married, except, you know, be in the house, right? <laughs> life is really starting. So bring us home telling us about that, like some things that you're excited about and what you feel you're calling and how you can minister to people in this next season. Absolutely. You know, to be honest with you, I think to bring it home, to drive it home, I would like to say that me and my husband, I mean, we really see ourselves building people's lives, teaching people how to build apostolically, how to build ministry, but more importantly, how to build people. I think it's really important to teach other leaders how to lead other people effectively. And that's why I'm always in school. Pastor Mike, in my mind, I'm just getting started. You know what I mean? No matter how many things I've been able to accomplish and do, but I'm always in the school of learning. I'm always wanting to learn because I know I have not arrived. I don't care how many doctor degrees, how many degrees I have. There's still always some information. And I love getting around people that are quicker than me, sharper than me, faster than me, that challenge me to come up higher. And so I want to encourage people to tell people what I believe is next. I know for me and my husband, our next is just continue to build people, but also build ourselves up. Because I love what Dr. John Maxwell, he always says, he says, work on yourself more than you work on other people. So I'm always working on myself. I'm always looking internally, keeping an accountability group around me and everything I do, everything I touch. I've always got a team of people we run it by. You know, I know the Holy Spirit will lead me, but sometimes you can think you write in your own eyes. So I always like to be accountable. So I would encourage the people in the body of Christ the people that's going to listen to the replay. I would say one of the biggest, greatest things that's ever happened for me is being accountable. Being accountable to number one, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, sometimes when I can't think of a Bible verse or I can't call my apostles or I can't talk to my, you know, my husband, the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me in all truth. So that's why I think it's important for us to train our spirit, you know, make our spirit mm -hmm. You train your spirit. Sometimes you don't have time. What about people to go to third world? They're not allowed to take your Bible. You can't go to different nations. They won't let you take your Bible. You got to have the word in your heart. So the Holy Spirit, accountable to the Holy Spirit, being accountable to the word of God and being accountable to the set man or woman of God over your life. That would be the biggest thing I would say that would help people grow. If they would take those three points, I wrote a book called Accountability. God can heal what you're willing to reveal. It has saved my life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think we write in our own eyes and we can really be all the way wrong. So I think it's important to make sure it says the scripture says there's safety in a multitude of counsels. So making sure I would encourage people that are watching, make sure you got a strong tribe of accountability, a group around you that really you can run ideas past. You might have an idea, but make sure it's a God idea. Submit your, mm. your ideas to the Lord. So that's what I would tell people in the body of Christ. I would tell them to submit their ideas to the Lord and submit it. Make sure it run it past. Listen, ask the Holy Spirit. Make sure it line up with the word and get with your set leader, man or woman of God in your life and then go from there. So that's what I would say as we Ooh. get ready for the next dimension. You kidding when you say it's going to bring it home, Dr. Lee. <laughs> Let I'm me just say this. Before I'm you just made a three-pointer. Oh, and, and let me just say this before you tell people how they can connect with you. Okay. There's three things I wanted to share. 
two things I learned from Dr. Maxwell, and then I'm going to show you a really cool definition of accountability. Okay. Because I learned from Dr. Maxwell. Yes. If you think you're the smartest person in the room, he said, get out of that room and go be around people that are smarter and wiser. Oh, that's right? right. And I need wisdom and all the discernment I can get. I just did a study and I spoke it in Apostle Stephanie Mind's room on wisdom and discernment. And I wrote a whole yes. mantra of things that Solomon did. And, you know, and then he said this, you know, they have this phrase that if you fall off the horse, you just get back up on. Right. Yeah. Or Maxwell said, no, figure out why you fell off first. And yeah. Back up on the horse. That way you don't fall off again. And I kid you not, Dr. Lee, I was in Bahamas on my first cruise with my wife and we were doing bareback horse riding. And I kept that in my mind because I'm thinking, I don't want to fall off. I don't want to fall off. I don't want to. <laughs> Life and death was in my tongue. Right. So I was like, no, I'm not going to fall off. I'm not going to fall off. And I didn't fall off. And I constantly remember those things. Like when I'm off track, I say, hey, you know, we lost everything in 2019. We lost quarters of a million dollars of all of our savings and everything we lost. And now God has started to replace that back, but there was something to learn in there. I didn't jump back into business to do everything. I was like, I need help. I need wisdom. I need guidance. I need direction. And here's how I got it. And that word accountability that you said, build a strong tribe. And before you tell people how they can connect with you, here's what I found accountability is. Now, if you're listening, this may be for you. It may be for whoever's listening, but accountability is this. It's someone that holds you accountable for your abilities. If you're, you know, it's write that down. And that's for us, that's the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit holds accountable for our abilities, our abilities when we walk in unity and oneness with him, right? That unity comes and he holds us accountable through his wisdom, through his grace, through his mercy, and through all the things that he uses by his spirit to help us. So that's what I've learned. And so Dr. Lenise, tell us as we end how people can connect with you. Like what's a good way for people to get to know you better, to learn and to actually connect with you in a better way. Thank you so much. Well, listen, this has been so phenomenal. Thank you for the awesome opportunity. I love this, this type of stuff. I'm telling you, I love podcasts and speaking. You guys can connect with me at drlaniseministries.com. That's D-R-L-A-N-I-S-E ministries.com. You also can go to unapologeticallyprophetic.com. You can also go to unapologeticallyprophetic.net. Those are three ways you can find me on Roku. All right. Under the prophetic network. All right. And I minister every Wednesday. I teach on different things and the prophetic that's under unapologetically prophetic is my television networks uh, station. Would love to hear from you. You guys can message me through most different websites and get in touch with me. I also have my ministry number that's on the website as well to contact one of the people in my ministry and we'll get back with you. So I'm just excited. This has been phenomenal. Pastor Mike and Pastor Lisa, thank you guys for the awesome opportunity to give me a chance on behalf of me and my husband to come. It's such an honor. I love being around sports people because, you know, we could do what we do. We talk shorthand. And so we could talk oh, shorthand. Yeah. shorthand. Oh, yeah. So it's fun. We get, to, we get to be like-minded, right? We get to be yeah. heart-minded and like-minded, right? In yes. Our, yes. In our ways. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I will. We will make sure that that's all the notes so people can connect with you. Thank you for being here. I say this all the time. The only way people, you know, the difference between wisdom and knowledge is the action that we take from what we learn, the revelation that we receive. There's no difference. You have to take action. When you learn something and things are deposited, like it's been deposited in you today, 
you know, you got to share it with other people. You got to take action. So thanks for listening. And I say this as we end every podcast, love God, love people, live with passion, vision, and purpose. Love God, live with passion, vision, and purpose. Until the next episode, thanks for listening to the Heap Wins Podcast. God bless you all. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Heatfluence Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And as always, you can follow Michael on all social media platforms at Michael David Huey or www.michaeldavidhuey.com. Until next time, God bless and take care.